Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit RoyalSpa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Possession into the end zone for us. <laughs> One of our favorite calls from last year. That is Rick Venturi. Unfortunately, that was the Jalen Hurts uh, touchdown there. To uh, <laughs> you, are we? What did you think they were gonna do? I think Zaire Franklin <laughs> was running to Effingham. Coach, do you remember your play. thought process on that oh, call? I, well, I said it right out loud. I couldn't help it. I said, "What did you think they were gonna yeah. do on third down?" I mean, he could have run. The only thing would have stopped him is Noblesville Square. <laughs> I mean, there wasn't anybody close to him. I was like, and, and you know, I had, when I do my podcast, you guys know this, I work like hell on it, and I do a, ga- a mock game plan, and my thing was when you get inside of your 20, it hurts. He's going to run it. He's the 12th guy, just like we're going to see it with Anthony down mm-hmm. the road. And so, you know, to, to, to make him beat you with a fade. Don't don't let him run it in. That yeah. was oh, I, that was the most which he had already done earlier in the drive. Already in the drive several yeah, times mean, again. And it was there. it was there live in person. It was just so stunning to me. I couldn't believe it, and I just couldn't even hold back on. That we one. love the raw motion. Absolutely <laughs> love you know, the raw. You know what we have? Oh, possession into the end zone for us. We haven't talked about this. The Matt Ryan comments. I know. I know. We and do so, need to get to that at some point. Yeah, I mean, I want to yeah. get to that with, with Rick, too, but a lot to talk about, obviously. Yeah, and again, inside football with Rick Venturi, as Rick mentioned, a must-listen to. That's him and Matt Taylor. That's weekly now starting up, correct, Yeah, we're, we're on it. We'll, we will post up um, uh, usually on Wednesdays. Okay. Uh, occasionally that will change, but for the most part, we post up Wednesday afternoon. And, you know, at this point, we're doing half-hour shots, but – as you guys know, when we get into regular season, yeah. I really I get put everything I have into it, uh, all the film study. And what I try to do is create a blueprint for victory, not a homer view. But if we do these things, we can win the game. You know what I'm saying? And so I really so it's just an extension of my coach. I actually love it. But. You know, I think if people listen to it, they'll be real, great, well great prepared listen. for the game. Yeah, that, that is an understatement. And obviously, he'll be on the TV call to start off here the first couple of preseason games. Let's start with number five. Um, we've seen, I think, a little bit more starting action than maybe I would have thought through eight practices. Yeah. Clearly a commitment from Shane Steichen to see what he can do. Uh, what have you seen from Anthony Richardson? Well, I mean, you can't hide the talent. I mean, you know, we knew coming in that this guy was uber talented. I mean, we knew that. Um, he grew on me from day one. Uh, I don't know that I expected such a stable, uh, coachable, uh, bright guy, a guy that, um, you know, not only has those qualities but has a charisma about him. I knew the talent was there, and, and yet he's so coachable, and that's what's critical because if you have that kind of talent, you're going to be able to overcome the deficiencies in your game because you're going to listen. Uh, we merged him with the best possible coach. There's no question about that. The hiring of Steichen and the merging of he of him with uh, uh, Richardson is what the doctor ordered. I also think, Kevin and Jake, I also believe that I think the rep distribution is also a result of him 
taking it on pretty quickly and doing pretty well. I mean, he, has, he hasn't been overwhelmed. I mean, he's had issues at times. But, you know, I think, you know, they're, I think they're gaining more confidence. And I think the back-to-back Saturday-Sunday performance is critical mm-hmm. because you know he's going to wow you, Jake. I mean, there's going to be plays coming out of a game that you're going to say, you know, we've seen him out here. Sure. Yeah. Oh, Hi- my God. Hi- highlight real how, how did he do that? But is he also going to headpound you at times? And, and then there's going to be times he's going to go through a streak of five for 15. Yep. So what's critical, and that's why back-to-back practices of good performances are so important, the two things you're going to listen, you're going to look for, and you're going to develop, and you're going to know when the growth is there, is one, the consistency, where you're not five for 15. And then the most important thing for Richardson is going to be situational football, third and four plus and red zone. Because the rest of the game, this is where the game has changed from what we've all known it. Even some of my peers say, well, you can't play that way. Well, they can play that way. Jalen Hurts has proven you can play that way. So 50% of the game, he already has. That's the misconception of what a quarterback had to do in 1999 and what he has to do today. Now, what's different what's is those sophisticated situations. And that's I thought that he has struggled a little bit on those third and longs. I thought that he really did a good job in the red zone, though, Sunday. I mean, he hit he, – he ran for one, and then he made a terrific uh, yeah, sale to, to Granson. To Granson. I yeah. mean, you know, and that – and that's what you're looking at. When down in there, you have tight windows, sophisticated coverage. And, you know, what I see sometimes on third down, and it's not a criticism of him. I mean, it's just, I mean, all kids, and I can tell you this, Jake, I don't, I don't care if you go back to Jeff George, to Elway, to Manning, it is so hard. People don't realize how hard it is to be a starting quarterback in the NFL as a rookie. I mean, it's just different. The game is different. And so – I, what I see sometimes on third down is when things get cloudy. That's when he gets a little bit unsure, which is not, I mean, you know, which is not unusual. And, and, and that's where he gets erratic. That's where the, you know, he'll make a last minute throw and it'll sail or something like that. But I mean, he's just exciting and he's great kid with it. I mean, so, I mean, I, I think as I go into this thing, this, this, and particularly being around him, to me, there's more excitement than expectation. I, I'm, I'm not into expectations of the season but he is going to be an exciting piece down the road rick when i look at like the completion percentage and so much is made of that of his his lower completion percentage at florida now a guy that had that coming out of college was josh allen at wyoming right. but if you looked at josh allen half of his receiving core had left in his i can't remember if allen was a four-year or three-year guy but in his second to last year of college his receiving core all graduates or transfers or whatever and then he's throwing to new faces. Now, in the case of Anthony Richardson, what is the plausible explanation for the lower completion percentage in college, and what can be done to – how do you offset that? How do you improve that at the NFL level? Well, I'll be honest with you. At one time, I thought that, you know, maybe you couldn't. Maybe Jake Locker was the rule, you know, the guy right. that had the 52% completion average, and that's where it stayed. Uh, Allen – and even Hertz has changed that, you yeah. know, and they've changed that. And, and I think so much of it is, first of all, he played on bad Florida team. That, that's a bad Florida team. That's not the Florida. Yeah, they barely had anybody get drafted. That we, that we have grown up with. I mean, it was a bad football team that played out of desperation a lot. And again, he was just a kid, 13 starts. So you're really talking about almost a freshman all the time 
in one year. I think what's going to be critical for him, and, and I see Steichen and the quarterback coach and Cooter and those guys working out all the time, it's going to be more footwork and timing because he actually has good mechanics. He isn't a freewheeling athlete first, throw second, you know, like Lamar was coming out. Okay, Lamar was not an accurate guy. He was an athlete playing quarterback. This kid has a tight delivery, tight spin on the ball. He can spin it. So, I mean, to me, the two biggest things is decisiveness and processing, number one, so that you're going to the right spot at the right time. And then number two, it's going to be more footwork. It's more footwork because it's not going to be the throwing action part of it. And the, and the other thing I really like about him is that he can throw off platform. And you have to in this league. you got to be able to throw off platform. But, I mean, we'll see how far they can take him. My gut tells me because he's so coachable and because his mechanics are actually good to start with that they'll bring him along. How important – let me ask you this question that's going to prove why I talk on the radio and not coach sports, okay? But how important is it when you are assembling – a roster and a team for a guy that you're going to hand the keys over to in Anthony Richardson to also select the right backup quarterback. In other words, to have a guy like a – and I don't know that Gardner Minshew is this guy, but how important is it that Gardner Minshew ha- understands the role of mentorship while at the same time being capable of playing when he needs to but to not try to usurp the confidence of Anthony Richardson. Well, uh, Minshew's perfect for that. Minshew, from a psychological and mental standpoint, totally knows who he is, okay? He's here to play, basically to be the backup, to bring stability, to be the mentor. I don't think he has any any delusions that he's going to take this to the promised land. So that part of it is really important. Now, from a purely coaching standpoint, and, and you're seeing more teams do this. You see Mariota go into the Eagles, okay, as the backup. What you would like to do is have a Richardson light, okay, so that if he goes down for a series, you don't have to you change. Can schematically the, the, yeah, the schematically, I yeah. don't have to go back and rewrite the playbook, right. which means you can't do. Minchu is a efficient, you know, we saw him rip us for two games. But, yeah, singles you know, and doubles. He, he, yeah, he's a singles guy. He's, he's a really good guy before the snap, good guy in the huddle. He's going to get you in the right play. Uh, if the protection is there, he's basically going to go to the right guy, but he's not a playmaker. I mean, he's not – he doesn't have the gun and he doesn't have the athleticism. So, you know, what you've got is a decent bridge if you need it a mentor and things like that, you know, but as you go, if you say build the team, as you say build the team, then what you want once Richardson establishes himself is you want a Richardson-like backup. And for now, it's just a one-year deal for Gardner. No, we're just getting through 23. And, you know, and, and, and again, the biggest key with Richardson is, is he ready? I think he's going to be ready. Do you start him week one? Oh, I, I think you do. Now, yeah. I, I got to be in the room. I got to see him eyeball to eyeball. You know, but from what I've seen on the practice field, from what I saw Saturday and Sunday, I, I think you can close the gap. Now, I think you reduce the game plan. You know, I think you reduce the game plan to the things that he can do well. 
which the, the NCAA part of the game, the zone reads, the RPOs, I mean, that's, that's in the pocket. So, again, it's what is the reduced package on third down? What is the reduced package in the red zone? And then you, and, and then you work like that. But, you know, when you see him, the increased reps he takes, the better he is. I mean, he's jumped ahead now in the rep department by about 20. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm all for that because I just, you know, I had a coach when I was in college who recruited me, coached me, gave me my first job. And I, he said every day of, you know, you learn by doing. I mean, he's not going to learn by watching. I'm, I'm just telling you, he's not going to learn by watching Gardner Minshew play. I mean, now the only thing, the only caveat I would say is psychologically, if you don't feel he's quite ready and could get overwhelmed, you might back off right. a little just so that there's not a confidence lag. We've seen a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL. David Carr's the example yeah, I always use. Vinny Testaverde. I mean, I, I can't, there's a bunch of guys that have come in and normally come in with bad teams. They get the hell knocked out of them. They have no success. They have failure. And some of them never come back. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, but that is the only caveat to me. I think this kid has it emotionally. You know, I think he's he's such a stable kid, such a, you know, I mean, you, get, you fall in love with him, really. I hate to say that, and I'm not trying to – there's no way that I'm, I'm trying to be a company guy here. I just I really like him. I yeah. Mean, I, and I like him probably better than the day we drafted him, if you can believe it. Because I knew I knew what the talent was. I did just I – did, I didn't quite know the whole package. Yeah, his poise and his work ethic, I think, are two non-combine traits. Oh, that, they are. That, yeah, that I think, yeah. completed the profile of why the Colts felt like at number four he was worth it. Rick Venturi's with us. Speaking of watching, that's what we'll be doing Saturday afternoon. It'll be Greg Rakestraw. Rick Venturi, Lara Overton, live from Buffalo. That is a 1 o'clock kick. Again, Inside Football is the podcast on the Colts Audio Network with Matt Taylor, him and Rick. It's a must-listen. Uh, the elephant in the room, Jonathan Taylor's situation. Um, just overall, what are your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, I hate to see it negotiated in the media. Okay, I've always – I've been one of those guys that the less said ever, the better. Um, you know, if the agent wants to pop off, pop off. That's his business. Um, you know, I, I, it's, it's tough for me because I have such great respect for Jonathan as a player and as a guy. I mean, he's a double major out of Wisconsin, physics being one of them. I mean, we're not dealing with a guy that came in on a load of wood. I mean, we're dealing with a really sharp guy. You know, a guy that against Buffalo, you know, has 225 yards and five touchdowns when we just eat him alive two years ago, gains 1,800 yards. You know, and I understand that backfield by committee in modern-day football is possible. I mean, you've got a first down back, third down back, a banger on third down and that kind of stuff. But what he brings to the table is home run ability on a team that hits singles. We're a singles hitting team. Now, I do think that'll change a little bit. I think Pierce is going to – I think Pierce is the perfect matchup uh, with Anthony. Mm-hmm. And I think Downs will be a big play guy as well with the ball in his hand. So I, I think we're fixing to get a little bit better playmaking. But in the end – this, this is a guy with 10 runs over 40. What is it, 50 runs over 10? I mean, this is a guy that can finish off a drive at 45 yards. And when you don't, you know, again, when you're a team that hits singles, that guy that can hit that home run can really matter. And, you know, particularly now with Richardson, because with Richardson, who now adds gaps to the running game, you have to defend him on the outside. So if you lighten the box – 
If you're getting the ball, Jonathan Taylor, you got daylight. Yeah, one less if, defender. If you're giving in that it box. to Joe Fabitz, it's a five-yard game. <laughs> and you know, seriously, I yeah. mean, because that's how the game has gone. And Richardson all of a sudden gives us extra gaps in the defense, and you're basically running your running back against light light boxes. But he's a guy that can take it all the way. I just I hope that we get this worked out. Rick, I want to ask you about this because I, I I had mentioned this, and I'm curious your perspective on it. As this Jonathan Taylor situation unfolds before us with a running back not holding out in camp, but obviously you know some some issue there yeah. contractually, and you are trying to get a young quarterback that could benefit off having that running back behind him established and get his footing. Jim Irsay is well aware of the history of this franchise, and Jim Irsay probably refers to the history of this franchise and past players as much as anybody. Yep. You were there with a front row seat when you saw a young quarterback in Jeff George that they were trying to get established in his career, and yet early in his career, the running back that could have kept defenses honest and Eric Dickerson has a contract issue and holds out and, and all hell breaks loose. How much danger is there in that? And are, are the two situations in any way, shape, or form comparable? And does Jim say, in the back of his mind, have to, to refer back to the damage that was done before? Well, actually, Jake, there are similarities in that you two, and you had two running backs with big-time resumes, okay? I mean, Dickerson was a Hall of Famer at one point. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he was a Hall of Famer at that point. And, but then, in order to get Jeff, in order to make those trades, we also depleted the team. I right. mean, we gutted the team. Yeah, the best lineman, best we, receiver, right? You know, right? we gave up. I don't know. I think if I remember, if you, if you add the draft choice and the players, we, added like, we gave up like five impact players. So we brought them in, but we brought them into a stark reality. that We weren't the team that we were when we brought them in. Now, as far as the two situations – they're different because I, I was there. I was the head coach. And Dickerson openly defied us on the field, okay? You know, Ron had taken care of him. If he didn't want to run a play, they took it out of the offense. Well, I'm coming in to try to survive and to try to play ball control, and I wasn't going to do that. And so he kind of put me in the corner, and even though I was a, quote, nobody, I wasn't going to take it. I wasn't going to handle it. So – I suspended him right there. The league upheld. We went to arbitration immediately. The league upheld three out of the four weeks. At that time, it was a million-dollar suspension. It was 250000 a week, which was tons of money yeah, then. I was you know, say, yeah, It was tons. I think at that time, it was the highest uh, fine going. But I didn't want to do it. It wasn't trying to be hard. I just I couldn't. We, he couldn't back us in the wall and tell us how to run the team. The other thing with Dickerson at that point, though, is Dickerson was at the end. Dickerson was finished, really. Psychologically, as much no, as anything, right? And, and football-wise. I mean, there was. If you look at him after that, there's really very little on the very little in the tank. The difference here is this is a 24-year-old kid. This is a 24-year-old. Can kid it be a distraction? In the first three to... years, who has what the the best uh, the best uh, runs uh, yardage per per carry of anybody yeah. in history. Does it, Rick? Does it run the risk though of becoming a distraction that bleeds over to the rest of your roster? Well, it always can. Yeah, I mean, anything can be a distraction. I mean, you gotta you gotta handle it right. And we're still in the happiness season. You're exactly right. I mean, this is you know until you until September 10th, we're still in the happiness season. Everybody's off season. Hope springs eternal. None of that stuff matters because you got 90 guys out here. 
Uh, but, you know, once we get close to the realities of the season, it obviously could be a distraction. So could it be, you know, I mean, you've worked with obviously multiple franchises, so you, you've seen this from all angles. In the case of Taylor, let's just say for the sake of argument that eventually there's a kumbaya and he gets back out on the field, but he misses the majority of camp. Do you run the risk of locker room resentment? And I think he's a well-liked player and a well-respected player, but do you run the risk of guys like, wait a minute, what's going on here? It's like different rules for different guys, and then you get disenfranchised. No. (laughs) Absolutely not. Pro mentality is this. I want the best player in there. I want the guy that can help me win. I want the coach that can help me win. And I really don't give a damn. And I think about the most rest of these guys understand it's a business. Right? It's a it's a yeah. total business. I mean, I mean, and I, I tell you what, it, you know, I knew that I had kind of made it or, 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 or arrived as an assistant coach in the National League about two years in, when guys were coming to me on Sunday morning asking me questions. Well. Why were they asking me questions? Because at that point, finally, they thought I could help them win. When you have, you have great players, you, the, the players know it. They know what he brings to the table, and they know that life isn't fair. That's the professionalism you're talking about. It, there's no fairness in this. You know. So I, 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 I'll tell you what, I, I, I think there would be zero resentment. I say, get, you know, if he comes back in, let's go. Ten minutes away from the Colts getting practice underway. That's obviously Rick Venturi with us. Again, him, Greg Rakestraw, Lair Overton on the call. Each of the next two Saturdays, Rick will then slide over to the normal radio duties for the final preseason game as that will air on Amazon. One note from the Colts, Tyquan Lewis off the pup list today. So that will leave Jonathan Taylor as the only one still on the pup list. Rick, as we look ahead to Saturday, I, I think people will forget, and understandably so because last year was such a disaster, that preseason opener last year in Buffalo, your offensive line started in that game. And it was just a couple series, but your offensive line got manhandled yep. by Buffalo's second unit. Yep. And, again, hindsight's pretty twenty twenty, but that ended up being a precursor yes. of what we saw. So as you look ahead to Saturday, what are some things that you are going to keep an eye on? Okay, here's how I approached the, uh, the preseason uh, all the way to the point that I have a totally different scoring system. I, I, n- I never think the result of the game means anything in preseason, but I have a scoring system that will give you a much better look at where your team is. Okay, my thinking is this. When I go into preseason and there's not a team, not a player I ever coach that won't just back me up on this. When, the, when our starters are in the game, and I, I really – it doesn't matter to me if Anthony starts, Minshew starts, whoever we put out there – as the starting 11 on offense and defense for the Colts, I want them to beat the dog out of the Buffalo Bills. I expect them to go out and win, no excuses. Now, I'm not going to scheme to do it, but just basic football. I expect them to go out and to win, you execute and you make plays. So, Quiddy, make some plays. Show me what you got. And, if, and, and, and it's really important, ones versus ones. Now, when the game then changes, it's game two. Now what I want to see is I want to see you flash your talent. Why, why did we draft you on the second round? Downs, you know, why did we draft you on the third round? Show me your talent. I don't expect you to go out and be a refined NFL football player, but I expect you to go out and show me why you're here. So the way I score a preseason game, the way I score it, is I score it like the old World Hockey League, Jake, where they oh, yeah. scored it by the quarter. 
And so what I do is I give you seven points for the winner of the first quarter, three second quarter, two third quarter, four, and one fourth quarter. So if you don't win the first quarter, you don't really – you can't win the game. Okay? Because what I'm looking for is the real score. I'm looking for where is my team. We wa- and that's why people – and I, I argue with people all the time, cause, and, and it's a media thing. Oh, these games don't matter. This is ridiculous. They don't matter score-wise, but they matter performance-wise. Right. And we saw that with the O-line and just what year. you just that said. Yeah. That and the Detroit practices. Sure. right out here. We mm-hmm. walked out of there, and I knew we were going to struggle. You know, I, I didn't – I honestly did not know how bad it was going to be. But I also didn't realize that Matt Ryan was where we where yeah. he was. They were warning signs I, in August. I, I expected much more out of Ryan, to be well, honest with you, and particularly from a turnover standpoint. You saw Matt Ryan's comments yesterday to The Athletic where he was asked about last season with the Colts, and he said it was a blank show. He's like, look, all I can tell you is it was a blank show. Um, your assessment or your reaction? Well, you know, I, I, you know, obviously the end of the season wasn't very good, so you can call it whatever you want. But his 11 turnovers in the first four games did help it. I mean, so he didn't live know, up to 25 yeah, million I mean, a year, exactly. or whatever you're paying. You know, before you start all that stuff, take responsibility for it. Now, I do believe that I, you know, as bad as that 412 and one was, I do think that the last part of the season got away from us. I thought it was chaotic, it was awful, and I'm not sure that we were as bad as 412 and one. No. Are we a championship team? I don't know that. But I don't think we're as bad. But as far as his comment, I thought, like, you know, again, a guy that turned it over to every time he got hit, I thought he could have left that alone. You know, Rick, you have often talked about ambient players. I love that phrase. And that, are, you know, those are players that keep a coach awake at night when you're trying to game plan for yep. the game. If you are Shane Steichen right now and you've been watching this team and these practices – the guys on your own ro- – or not guys, but the core or the area of your football team right now that is your ambient that's keeping you awake at night because you just don't know where it is is what? Well, at this stage, at this stage – now, if Taylor is here, that's different. But at this stage, our only guy that I would consider – and I think guys have a chance to get there – well, two guys – is Richardson. Richardson is the only guy with ambient potential. Now, here's what ambient means to me. Well, but I'm saying like the guy that, that, that if you're Shane Steichen, the guy that is most troubling you right now or the core of this team, that the thing about this team that is most troubling to you. Well, you know, I, I can only tell you what I see. I, 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 I'm not in his head. I, I think our offensive line is stable. It looks to me to be stable. I feel like there seems to run the ball – you know, there, you haven't seen the big leakage anywhere yeah. in protection. So, I mean, you know, that would, that's a big thing because that really fell off. And if that's stable, then, then I think we could be solid. Now, the good news, bad news on that, though, is I haven't felt the defensive front at all. Now, don't get me wrong. Buckner hasn't been in there, and that's your eight-sack guy. Yeah. That's your leading lady. Abu Kamas missed about a week uh, yeah, or so. Yeah, but, I mean, I, and he's a four-sack guy. I mean, mm-hmm. let's be real. I mean, he, I just – I haven't felt that. So, offensive line, defensive line, good news, bad news. I think our linebackers have been outstanding. I think Franklin, you know, I think Franklin, I think Speed. And then I've been really impressed with uh, Shaquille. I think and, – and I don't know what we do with him yet, whether we pull, go full metal jacket at what point. But athletically, 
he is, you know, he has looked really, really good. The other guy that's looked really good on defense, Kenny Moore. I think Kenny Moore and the linebackers have been the highlight of our defense, okay, that really. And offensively, I do like a couple things. I think Pittman will always be Pittman. Pittman will be a role player. He'll be a solid, scheme-dependent, high-volume catcher with very few yards. The two guys I think that can make the difference for us are Pierce in this offense and Downs. Pierce because Pierce is a downfield guy with a downfield quarterback. It matches Richardson's you know, strength. In other words, Pierce reminds me a lot in it that, that nothing in body type or anything. He's a big Hilton. Hilton was a downfield runner. He wasn't really a slot. He's but like, Pierce can contort a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. But yeah. what I'm saying is with Richardson, you want a guy that can pierce it, literally pierce it, and run deep, and then when he scrambles, continue to go deep. See? So I think Pierce has a chance. To t- he was 14-5 uh, a, a catch last year with nothing. No, so you put now a guy that can heave it and scramble and heave it, you got a chance for him to step up. And then I think – the little guy, I think Downs with the ball in his hand, catch a third and four and go. I think you got a chance for some playmakers. But we're not full of ambient player. Ambient player to me is a guy that on Tuesday night I can't sleep and I actually have to scheme to stop him. Not technique to stop him. or you know, I have to scheme. I have to set a scheme to stop him. When you look at the, the Bears coming into the joint practices, Rick, I'm curious this. Rick Venturi is our guest here. We're at Grand Park Colts practice getting set to get underway here in the 9 o'clock hour. Um, do coaching staffs, when you do these joint practices together, will Shane Steichen get together with the Chicago staff? Will there be any notes exchanged ahead of time of, hey, do us a favor and run this for us or give us this look because we want to see that and in turn we'll do this for you? Does any of that conversation oh, yeah. take place? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You, you, you know, when you, when you get together, you get together with, you know, with a ton of preparation. You set up every drill. You set the parameters. But what I like about the joint practices as opposed to even the preseason games is people don't hold back schematically. Right. And it's basically ones versus Because that's not going ones. on film. So, I mean, when Richardson plays against them in the red zone, it's not going to be a vanilla preseason game. It's going to be what they do and all new people. Then you get your one-on-ones. See, what happens is your defense, and, and I know because I coached it, in training camp at a certain point, your defense just has the rhythm of your offense. I mean, and one-on-one drill is almost ridiculous after a while because you know everybody. Now, all of a sudden, you bring in J.D. Moore, you bring in Mooney, you bring in all these guys, and all of a sudden, man, it, and, and same thing with the line. It's totally different. Nothing like those, and I'm so happy we're doing the two of them. And I'm happy we're doing the Philadelphia one, too, because you're going up there. Now, that, that's some tall cotton right there. I mean, that when you go to Philadelphia, that's as good a – roster as i've seen yeah. somebody told me the other day the best game in the league this year is going to be the philadelphia inner squad <laughs> coming up two weeks from today that'll be the colts in philly for that one the bears joint sessions coming up next wednesday and thursday coach can't thank you enough appreciate you doing this right. again inside football with rick ventura it's matt taylor and rick uh, typically every wednesday on the colts audio network and of course saturday at one o'clock it'll be rake it'll be rick ventura it'll be lara overton on the call coach thanks man hey i love you two guys i really do i listen to you all the time and i 
You are the best. I appreciate that, Coach. That is Much Rick Venturi it. live here at Graham Park. We'll recap some of that and get you set up for the 9 o'clock hour. The horn has blasted here at Grand Park. Colts number 9 camp practice is underway. You're listening to Kevin Corey on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan.